Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. Big stories, big guests, the big picture. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge. Weekdays 1230 to 3, 770 CHQR. Well, this has been an ongoing challenge and dilemma for the federal government. Uh, and we've had a couple of stories just in the past week or so that have highlighted that. Uh, Canadians who have gone off to, to join uh, with the uh, caliphates of the so-called Islamic State uh, and realizing that maybe it's not what they thought it was, or they become disillusioned, or, or maybe their radicalization has worn off. Or for whatever reason, they've decided they want to come back to Canada. What do we do with them? Obviously, uh, leaving, even attempting to leave to go and join ISIS is a criminal offense. So certainly someone could be prosecuted for that, uh, depending on what kind of evidence exists about their activities on the ground uh, in ISIS territory. That could be something else that would be prosecuted. But it's obviously difficult to make that case. And a lot of it rests on what these individuals have perhaps already admitted and if we don't charge them, well, does that mean they just get to come back and resume their lives and, and that's that? We move on? I don't think Canadians are okay with that. A couple of stories uh, recently about two Canadians, uh, both of whom are being held in Kurdish custody. Uh, one of them, a Canadian by the name of uh, Muhammad Ali, a Pakistani Canadian, says he wants to come back to Canada. Uh, another case, uh, the man they call Jihadi Jack, which is the name given to him by British tabloids, uh, Jack Letts. Uh, is from Britain, from the UK, uh, but has dual citizenship because one of his parents is Canadian. And since the Brits don't seem inclined to to want to take him back, he's maybe hoping Canada would. So, yeah, there there is the challenge then of being able to build a case and prosecute these individuals. And maybe it's easier just to, to let it all go and to just kind of keep an eye on them when they get back. But there really is, I think, a pressing need, a broader public interest in prosecuting these uh, returning ISIS fighters. Uh, there's a case uh, made for exactly that up at theconversation.com on why Canada must prosecute returning ISIS fighters. Joining us on the line is the author of that piece, Kyle Matthews, is executive director of the Montreal Institute for Genocide and Human Rights Studies at Concordia University. Kyle, thank you for joining us here. Welcome to the program. Thanks for having me on. It is a challenge, though, isn't it, to, to build a case and gather enough evidence that, that you could secure a conviction in court? Yeah, I mean, nothing about this is easy. Uh, it's definitely challenging. Um, you know, a lot of uh, Canadians who joined ISIS or other groups went to areas where there wasn't a lot of government control. Uh, there, there were no functioning authorities. It's hard to gather evidence uh, of what they did. Uh, however, uh, there are some governments around the world, Germany in particular, that has been um, charging different returnees for with war crimes and for crimes against humanity. So, so we do see that some some governments are trying to hold some of these people to account. It's not easy, but 
but you know something not being easy doesn't mean that you shouldn't attempt to do it and in fact what i argue is that canada has a responsibility to charge these people because the crimes that isis as a group has committed collectively um are so heinous and and they touch upon some of canada's most important international human rights um um legislation that we've signed on to, including the Genocide Convention and uh, stuff related to the International Criminal Court and the Rome Statute. So the crimes are so severe that that I wrote this piece because I I think um, there's a lot of spin among people, uh, among the political class, um, and there's no mention of the nature of the crimes themselves, which are are truly uh, horrible. They're truly um, something that we must take a stand against because they go against everything our country stands for. Yeah. Well, uh, clearly, I mean, there there are people who, who have been there who are back in Canada. We know that there are returnees who, who are back in Canada. We have not prosecuted them. Um, so it, what, what are we to make of that? It's a good question. I mean, people have been asking, why hasn't Canada been more forceful at prosecuting people? And whether that's prosecuting them for terrorism, if it's traveling abroad to join a group, or if it's under the War Crimes and Crimes Against Humanity Act, um, we, we haven't really seen any you know unified strategy and um it could be because it's difficult could be that uh for certain reasons one doesn't want to rock the boat and would rather just uh have our intelligence services trail some of these people um but i i do think that by trying to bring some of these people to account we will expose what they did we'll have a much larger national conversation and we'll also send a message to future extremists that that will be watching this and saying, if I go to Mali and I want to engage in, in attacks against Canadian peacekeepers there, we're, by doing this, we will say, you know, there's a line that Canada will hold. There's a line that, that we don't want our citizens to do. And, and according to our international human rights obligations, we should be doing this. So, so I think there's, um, there's a longer-term issue about doing this, too. It, it sends a message, and it also comforts Canadians. We're seeing a rise of, 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 of alt-right, far-right groups in Canada. I mean, they're, they're looking at the Canadian government not doing anything against these returning genocidaires. Um, and and <laughs> there's a sense that the government doesn't take it seriously. So, yeah. so I think there, there's multiple reasons why we should um, you know, be a little more tough with regards to these uh, foreign fighters that are returning to Canada. Well, and there are options to prosecute them. Obviously, there, there's our anti-terror legislation, but it goes beyond just that. What, what kind of options do we have when it comes to, to building a case and, and bringing it before the courts? I mean, there, there's a. I mean, there's the overall challenge that the Canadian government might have a lot of intelligence shared by different allies, but that can't be used in in a court of law. So I, I'm, I fully understand that there's these challenges. There's also an entire array of new information coming from social media posts and open source intelligence where we can start using, um, you know, tracking these people, so you see the digital uh, traces they left, where they traveled, how long they were in an area. Some of their posts where, uh, as you mentioned, there's a case of Stuart Bell who reported for Global News that one of um, uh, these Canadians that's in custody in Syria of, of the Kurdish forces had an entire, uh, you know, all these uh, social media platforms where he was calling for attacks and trying to get people to join ISIS. So, so we should be using some of that uh, to, um, you know, as evidence. Um, and I haven't seen all political will to do that yet. It's, I'm, I'm not a lawyer. I'm, I, I work in human rights and, and on the prevention and, and punishment for the, for those who commit the crime of genocide. But, but I do think that compared to some other uh, Western states, it, it seems like we're we're a little soft on this on this manner, and, and we might. I don't know if we think it's just uh, these people made a, a short-term mistake and we should forgive them, but 
the fact that the victims of ISIS, including recent Nobel Peace Prize winner Nadia Murad, uh, she's made it her life goal to try to bring justice for the communities that have been cut down and, and partially destroyed by this group. And, and I think that we have to live up to that. We have to do our part. And, and we resettled lots of Yazidi refugees to Canada. You know, some of them um, you know, might come across one of their uh, attackers or someone that sold them sexual slavery here in Canada. It, it's happened in Germany. So we, we have to, I think, um, be a little more uh, ambitious in, in how we approach this. Yeah. And look, I mean, there, there was a lot of reaction in Canada to, to that Nobel Peace Prize decision, and it was very much deserved. But, you know, we can talk all we want about standing in solidarity with Nadia Murad or, or just, you know, how much we admire her. But, you know, are, are we doing our part to help advance her cause? It, it is a bit of a, a wake up call, I think. It is. Well, I think, you know, there's a mix here of foreign policy and domestic policy, and, and, and they're not perfectly lined up. I mean, at the UN, Canada has endorsed so many UN resolutions on, on, on collecting evidence to hold ISIS to account on, 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 on preventing genocide, punishing those who've committed atrocity crimes. We, we've signed off on tons of things at the UN, um, but we do that, and then where's the follow-up? Um, the follow-up comes back to the national government, uh, the Canadian government, doing what it can both abroad and also domestically and um and 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 i i i I say that that's important it's otherwise we're 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 speaking we're giving out a lot of rhetoric but we're not actually doing the hard work and and yeah we can share information with the germans we can learn what the germans are doing uh you know the, the kurds have a lot of information and evidence they want to give us so so we have to get our our, our, our strategy in order, and, and like it or not, it's, it's going to come back uh, to affect us. People yeah. are going to return. They've started to return. Um, therefore, what are we doing about it? Right. And yet, in some cases, may ultimately fail. And, and maybe we make an attempt to prosecute somebody, it's not successful, then I guess so be it. But it, we, we shouldn't shy away from it, I think is what no, you're saying. No, we shouldn't shy away. I mean, we don't... Uh, if, if we didn't take this approach with, with the Nazis that fled to Canada, we're still looking for these people today and actually recently, uh, you know, recently uh, sent someone back to Germany for this. So, so we're yeah. working on cases that are, that are 70, 70 years old. We've done it for Rwandans uh, that came to Canada that committed atrocities, but, but somehow our citizens that join ISIS don't get the same scrutiny and, and, and the same uh, political um, will uh, to hold them to account. And it, it, it's, it's, it's a little, um, you know, it's a little bizarre to tell you the truth. I, I you know, we joined uh, our NATO forces and allies in the Middle East to defeat these people militarily. We're doing this now. But those that fought against us are coming back and, and we, we simply uh, just say, well, we, let's reintegrate them. Um, you know, we don't do that with, with neo-Nazis. We, we, we certainly, if we had, um, if we had people traveling to Myanmar to commit atrocities against the Rohingya minority there and they came back to Canada, we would probably do something about that. But for these foreign fighters, there seems to be, um, there, there's a, there's a, there's a gap there that, that people concerned about human rights and, and counterterrorism are just confused and scratching their head. Why are we not being more proactive? Yeah, that's a great question. Uh, folks, can read your piece. It's up at theconversation.com. Kyle, thanks so much for joining us here today. really appreciate this. Thanks for having me on. All right, take care. Kyle Matthews is executive director of the Montreal Institute for Genocide and Human Rights Studies at Concordia University. And it's such an important point. As he writes, if Canada truly stands for multiculturalism, pluralism, the rule of law, global justice, human rights, and the liberal international order, then we must be firm and take a principled stand to prosecute those who have fought with ISIS. Says these trials can serve as a means by which to lay bare 
the Islamic State's narrative and to help counter violent extremism and future atrocities. It can also serve as a deterrent and warning to other Canadians who might try to join ISIS as it mutates or moves on to other countries. That there is such a, an overarching public interest here that, that we really do need to bring these cases forward. As challenging as some of them will no doubt be, we, we can't avoid it. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge, starting at 1230 on News Talk 770 Calgary.